Welcome to the Successful Mind Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be going through the best podcasts from the past year. This is going to be part one of two, and we've gone through and we've taken the very best from all the episodes we had over the course of 2022, and we're here to deliver them to you. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. We are Life Is Now, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Episode 453, How to Trust Yourself in the Year Ahead. Every year, there's there's probably millions of people that set a New Year's resolution. And, you know, sometimes it's a few days, sometimes it's a couple weeks, sometimes it's a year later, they realize that, oh, yeah, that's right, I set a resolution, but didn't do a damn thing with it. And, you know, what's fascinating about that to me, um, and of course, I learned this along the way, but when you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, you're actually doing damage to your own psychology. Meaning that your mind not, you know, I mean, everybody knows what it's like to trust somebody else, to not trust somebody else, to trust somebody else and then have that trust betrayed. Uh, We all know what those experiences are like, but what most people don't learn or know what what this experience is like is when you say you're going to do something and then your mind starts to not trust you. So our brains literally start to develop the pattern that it, we can't trust ourselves to follow through because how many times have we said we're going to do something and then we don't do it? I think what's important that most people don't understand, I certainly didn't understand this, is that when you start to break trust with yourself with something that is kind of inconsequential, like running or, or whether you have a dessert or not. Not to say that it doesn't have consequences, yeah. it does. But when you start to tell your mind it's okay to break trust for your, with yourself, you're leaving yourself susceptible to breaking trust in a critical area. Sure. And most people didn't don't know that. I certainly didn't know that. But it's a pattern that starts to develop and it's like anything else. It's either growing or dying. So that pattern is either spreading in your life or it's not because let's face it when you break trust with yourself one of the things that you do is you give yourself an excuse when you give yourself an excuse you're rationalizing the reason behind the excuse and then underneath the excuse is a lie there's something about it that's not true that you're choosing to believe in that could be conscious or unconscious by the way and then of course that's going to also spread because if because it's a pattern of doing something one way. So now let's say something shows up where you go, fuck, I just don't feel like this today or whatever the reason is. Yeah. You already have an excuse that works someplace else in your life where you've justified breaking this honor with yourself. And it's 
easier to bring it over to here and go, eh, you know, it's over here. I put it over here. I'm going to do it over here. Before you know it, you're doing it with two things, three things, oh, four man. things. If you're going to make true change, and I, I believe this, if you're going to make true change, lifelong change, change that's going to last for years and years and years down the road, and it could be generationally for the family you're raising and the people you're around, you're going to do it in silence. You don't need to broadcast it to the world. Now, I get people have a brand. They want to put it out there for the world. Let's be honest. It's it's all bullshit. It's just, it's just social media hype. It's a high human highlight reel. Do it for yourself, first and foremost. Don't share it with anybody else because, look, if you put it out there and you fail, then you have to answer to all these other people who said you were going to do something, and chances are they're going to fail at what they're doing too. Just do it for yourself, and the biggest piece of advice I could give to anybody out there who's overtaking a major overhaul would be to don't barter with yourself. <laughs> the second you start to barter with yourself, so you completely fail. Episode 464, Rewire Your Mind, The Quality of Your Life Equals the Quality of Your Decisions. The faster we can reassociate in our mind uh, the things that we have to do and the, and the place that we're going as far as our goals to good emotions, the quicker we're going to manifest that in, my, in our life. It's extraordinarily important that the conscious, the subconscious, and the actions are all lined up in integrity in order to manifest. That's how we manifest from a belief. That's how we manifest when we absolutely have to be in that place where something must change. Um, it's, it's all about that integrity and that, and the intensity of it, you know, the, the, the real sincerity of how it is that we're feeling and what we're doing. I was an unconscious competent then. I didn't know what I was doing. So I said to myself, this works. Here's a tool that I developed for myself that actually works. And I never told anybody about that tool for years. When I went to the new company, anytime I had to do something that I didn't like to do, I would reassociate my mind to something that I did like to do. Episode 465, The Power of Will. Well, the interesting thing was he tells this story in the beginning that when I think he's like 11 years old, uh, his father who owns uh, basically a refrigeration business, uh, HVAC, I guess, and also an ice business where they deliver ice. The wall, I guess part of the wall was crumbling in the store that he owned and he had, he tore it down. Uh, he brought both the kids in. Will's brother was four years younger than him, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, young brother. And they spent an entire year rebuilding this wall. He had the two boys build the wall and it was, there was a lesson in this for them. And the idea was that, you know, it was one brick at a time, lay each brick perfectly and don't focus on the wall. So, you know, these kids look at this giant empty space where this wall used to be and they're thinking, oh my God, it's going to take a lifetime to do this. And it, you know, it, it took them a year. They worked on it every day. They worked on holidays. They worked on weekends every day after school, that type of thing. And they got very overwhelmed with it because it was going really slow, you know? So they had to lay the foundation. They had to mix the mortar. They had to lay each brick and make sure that it was perfectly level. Otherwise the wall won't be level, right? So um, it was taking an extraordinary amount of time. So you figure like an 11 year old and a seven year old are doing this. Yeah, building the wall. Building this yeah. wall, right? And yeah, brick dad, brick. dad just tells them, you know, how to mix everything and what to do, but the kids have to actually do this. 
So it's, you know, it's teaching them persistence and discipline and focus and goals and this whole thing. And the kids get overwhelmed and they're kind of breaking down a little bit. And, and the dad says, don't focus on the wall, focus on laying one brick perfectly. And that was that, I think that was, well, this is where Will starts off with his, his own journey yeah, in life. That you was know, his, like the yeah. very first lesson he yep. learns is that. An interesting thing that that he talked about, because he knows he knows the laws of the universe and he goes through Clearly. them. One of the things he talks about is how nothing that he's currently winning in is going to last, and to prepare for the next thing before the thing he's doing tanks. So he knew that the music thing wasn't going to last. He knew that Fresh Prince wasn't going to last. Right. And he, so he was consistently preparing himself for the next thing with the ultimate goal being movies. And then the goal after that being the, the, the biggest movie star yeah. in the world. Right. Yeah. So it, it's that I thought that was so brilliant that however it was that he learned that, that, that everything changes and to prepare yourself before it changes so that you're not stuck in a down cycle and you're prepared to go from up to up to up, which basically he did. I mean, the, the, the biggest downfall he had was not paying those taxes and having an album tick, but he learned from that quickly and pivoted. Yeah. And then it was like just a rocket ship up. Episode 476, the desire to succeed. There's two things that I have seen over and over again for two decades now uh, that seem to show up when a person is struggling or they fail. One is to understand that when doubt creeps into your mind, doubt attacks what you're thinking about. So in other words, if I'm working, if I had a vision, I got goals, I got a plan, I'm trying to keep a positive mindset, going after it. Something happens in my life. Now, doubt can come one way or it can come in a million ways, right? It's very suggestible depending on what we're experiencing. But the second doubt cracks into our mind, it it's like a virus, but it attacks what you're thinking. When it attacks what you're thinking, it changes how you're thinking about it. So it's, doubt has a strategy, believe it or not. It attacks what you're thinking and it changes how you're thinking about it. So when it, you, have to, you have to be very aware of the process that's actually happening because if you're not aware of it, what, what is actually going on? We become, like we get so immersed, we become what we're thinking about. We actually start to believe it, we get, we get like emotionally entrenched in it. There's a there's a trick that 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 not only is it a trick, but I think it's one of the healthiest things that we can do is to go into your calendar for the next year and plan all of your time off. Put your vacation time down now. If you want extended weekends somewhere, put that down now. If you want a day off after a specific uh, health or uh, uh, hard work week or something, put that down now. Put it in there so that you know, because now you know. Once you put it in there, your mind knows where the time off is. Episode 478, everything is preparing you for something greater. How you meet 
current challenges will really determine how prepared you are for future challenges. And I remember when I was a kid uh, and I was studying religion, the, the way that this was often presented was God tests people and you have to be prepared to pass the test. And I remember having a really difficult time with that. I've never liked to teach from the aspect of it's a test. And the reason for that is because the moment you go down the road of it's a test, you start to make it interpersonal uh, to the person who is <clears throat> either thinking about it or explaining it. And the reason why is it's like, well, is it really like, is, re is that really how the universe is set up that it's a test? And don't you think it's not fair to not tell me that it's a test and that if I pass the test, things will be better. If I don't pass the test, things will be worse. Like there's consequences for this. But when you think about it from a test, you have to realize in order to go down that road, you have to make it personal. So the lesson can become difficult at that place because there's so many different rabbit holes that we could go down when we start thinking that way. I could sit here for days and tell you about all the different challenges that we've that we've had. But very often, Steph and I will talk about something that happens and, and we'll say, you know something? If it wasn't for this that happened five years ago, we would have never gotten through what's happened today. And she's 100% right when she says that because we don't always know the good in the thing that we're experiencing when we're experiencing it. But here's what we do know. It's preparing us for something bigger. That might come tomorrow. It might come five years from now. It might come 10 years from now. Steph had an experience a few days ago that was kind of rattling. And she was saying to me, I just kept thinking, like, why am I having this experience? Well, we know because there's something coming bigger. Now, that doesn't always feel good. But what feels good about it is that based on how you react or respond to whatever that is happening for you, will determine how well you're going to deal with the next thing that comes. Because it's the law of the universe. Episode 492, Passion is an Inside Job. The, uh, yeah, the idea is that uh, people are looking in the wrong place to find the thing that, that they love. They're, they're, we're programmed with this idea that uh, we're, we need to find something that we enjoy, find something that's our passion, find something that, that uh, is our purpose or that, that we love doing. And the thing is, is that it keeps people blind to it all their life. It, when they decide to show up in joy and love and passion to whatever they're doing, they will be led right to the thing. I like it's, that. It's really weird. It's, it's, well, I mean, it's the story of what happened to me, right? Yeah. I mean, like I'm complete dick and hate everything and whatever. And then I change and everything changes instantly. Like it's the craziest fucking, it's the craziest thing. But I mean, how many years have we watched people do this over and over yeah. again now, right? It's very true. If a person can find a way to change their, their attitude, if they seriously want to change and they're willing to put down their judgments and show up in those states of love and passion and, and really give it to what it is that they're doing, not only does the state of what they're doing change, but the things that they could not see change, right? Because, well, look at it like this. If I want to find something that I naturally am, pa am passionate about, but I'm coming from this place where I hate everything, how do I see that? Right. Right? Because the hate is not 
in the thing that hates in me. Sure. You got to work on yourself yeah, first. Yeah, because I'm looking, I'm looking through a filter of hate. There, like, let's say I hate doing this right, right now, yeah. right? Yeah. This is just this. This th- this isn't hate or love or, or anything, right? It, this has no energy to it. Out, it doesn't judge itself, right? Sure. It just is. So I bring me to the plate. And when I was on the dock, I showed up every day and I was nasty and cranky and curmudgeony and, you know, disappointed in myself. Like, it was just complete negative. There was nothing wrong with the doctor. People that worked on that dock that loved that loved job. It. Loved he that job. Probably stayed it. their whole life. Sure. Working there. Supported a family. Uh, and I'm thinking I got to find something outside of myself that I like and I can't. And I'm figuring out. And I kept. The other thing was that I'm sitting there trying to figure out how the fuck do I get out of here? Right? Like, it's like being in prison. Well, it was like, it was like what Quan was saying yesterday, right? Sure. He, he, he had that a moment of awareness where for the first time he heard the sparrow on the razor wire and he had been there for how many years right. he had been in that yard and the birds were there he just never he couldn't hear him he couldn't hear him he was too the voice in his head was just too, too loud. loud and then all of a sudden the prison turned into his sanctuary yeah i i'm always very grateful <laughs> to the fact that it happened so fast because sometimes I think to myself, I don't know if I could have kept that up for a year, but when everything changed, it was like, there's no question. There's absolutely no question. It was like a whole new different universal door open. Now, what I know now is that anybody can make that door open that fast, but the key to making that door open is that you're absolutely at the end of your dealing with holding on to the nasty shit i was ready i was completely ready between going to the through the dam um going bankrupt having the car repossessed having to flee in the middle of the night other mistakes that i won't even get into that were just like one after another after another it was kind of like okay i'm done i'm done i'm obviously making terrible fucking choices i don't know why i'm making these choices um but i need to do something different and that was the only thing that I knew to do. And I didn't even know. It was just like, and I, and, and there are many times, not just then, but many times in my life where I thought to myself, is this freaking crazy? Like, am I completely losing my mind? And I have had times also where I've had the same experience with other things that later turned out to actually be a mistake. But when I first entered into it, it was kind of like, there's some weird sense about this. I might be on the right path or this might actually be a disaster. So sometimes it hasn't worked out, right? Because the front end of it can look the same. But sometimes these things have a long-term, there's like a longer-term reason. And it may not work out in the beginning, but then you find out because this happened, you were led into something and you couldn't have gotten there any other way. Episode 495, A Conversation with Quan Win. There was one day on a prison yard when I was just standing there. I was like, why do I have to view prison as punishment? Why can't I view this place as uh, an opportunity for me to remake myself into a better person, even if I'm supposed to die? And of course, you know, the, the universe will answer back. Because yes, you can. And that made all the difference in the world. I remember... Um, the, the, the sun was coming up over the hills and I could feel the warmth. Uh, on the little blades of grass, I could see the individual drops of dew. And up above me in the razor wire, I heard a sparrow chirping. And, you know, I tell everyone, like, 
The sparrows had probably been chirping my whole term, but I never heard it. But that day, I heard the sparrow, and I would have to say, from that day, that's where my process of transformation began. I did not view these men around me like I saw them. Like, wait, we're all here to just、um, be on this journey. Some of them much further along than me, and some of them perhaps not even awakened. But I looked at them like, this is a huge opportunity for me. Uh, to begin to remake myself. If I'm reading about this this way of communicating effectively in book and, and thinking to myself, how does this look? And then look or asking or praying for these opportunities, and then realizing, wait, this argument that I just had with this man was a huge opportunity, and it was a missed opportunity for myself. But then replaying my mind and said, how can I correct this for the next time? And looking, and I guess beginning the process of forgiving myself on these little mistakes I'm doing. But like, okay, this is just a process that I'm doing,、um, and realizing. I can't make myself better overnight, but just continuing to go back, and that's just so. I would have to say, like, you knew there was a path. Yeah, you were on a path. I didn't know what the path was, but、right. I began down this path, and suddenly I'm feeling absolutely free. Here I am on a prison yard, believing that I might possibly die here, but yet I've totally felt like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, in some forgotten corner of the world that nobody would know about, but yet I'm making an impact and I'm helping other men.、Um, Become better versions of themselves, and that's just that's where I felt alive. Episode five hundred three. Nice is not a value. Now I have done many teachings around the idea of being nice, and nice being nice is one of the biggest con jobs、uh, that people do. They do it to themselves. They do it to other people. Nice is not a virtue. It's not a value. Kind is. Kind is, but not nice. Okay, and yet we're raised with the idea of being nice. I have always、uh, presented a bit of a different view when it comes to this word, because I think that、uh, it has such a detrimental effect on the people that use it and the people that are used by it. First of all, because I think that what basically what it says is, no matter how you feel, be nice. And it also says on the other side, trust someone who's being nice. Neither one of those things are healthy, and they can end up extremely damaging in a person's life. What you say is important. What you think matters. If you don't ever express yourself. Uh, and allow yourself to be wrong. It becomes very difficult for you to learn. All you're doing is voluntarily accepting somebody else's opinion or expertise without question, and that's dangerous. That's dangerous. And in a world, we live in a world that even even if you go back to when we're children. If you say something that A is either wrong or B, people don't agree with.、Uh, they'll make fun of you. They'll berate you. They will try to shut you down. They will try to stop you from expressing your opinion. They will. They could label you. You know, you're an idiot. We don't have time for your your comment. So it's like be perfect or don't show up at all. 
episode 504, Acres of Wisdom from the Biggest Little Farm. So I first saw this movie um, on a flight, actually, Um, but I saw it on the plane and I had such a reaction to this documentary. Like I sat in my seat and sobbed and it's not a sad, guys, it's not a sad documentary. It's actually a really like feel good documentary. But I think the reason that I had the reaction that I did was kind of the same reason I had the reaction to David when I first heard him. When you hear truth and when you see truth, it just... I don't know it you feel it it's like a it's like an arrow through your heart and there were so many things that happened in my brain during that documentary and I've had multiple conversations with our clients about this um you know it's come up in conversation with our kids it's come up in conversation with our team and I think that just based on my own personal background I saw things in this movie that other people may not have seen so first of all I have a little bit of a history in farming um, you do? I Tell do. us more about this. So I come from a long line of Norwegian uh, farmers. My grandparents were immigrants um, and settled in Wisconsin, in, in central, kind of, yeah, pretty much like south central Wisconsin. Um, and they were dairy farmers. Uh, my grandma and grandpa were dairy farmers and they had animals and, and they had a really beautiful farm. And I would spend summers I'm getting emotional. I, I see an that. emotional day. Yeah. Um, but they would, I would spend summers there with them. Um, and I would you know, sit on the farm steps and watch them you know, milk the cows and I would take the slop to the pigs and I would walk around the, the property and I would go with my, my um, uncles to bring the cows in from pasture. So I have, a, I have like a love and I have so many great memories of being a child on a farm um, that I think it tapped into to that piece. I've got a real tie to nature. I love, I mean, I love nature. I love being outdoors. Whenever I'm feeling a little bit lost, I'll go and, you know, just be outside. I know a lot of people um, feel that same way, but for whatever reason, this movie really hit me um, hard, kind of like right through my heart and right in between my eyes at the same time. And I think the reason, part of the, the other reason that it did is because I have such a passion for universal truth and the entire movie is about universal truth. You can see the laws in every single aspect of this movie. And, you know, we teach the laws in context of business, right? You know, you hear David teach about the law of polarity. You hear David teach about the law of cause and effect and how it applies to business. But it it applies to every single thing in life. Like it, it, it doesn't discriminate. In one area, the laws work and in one area, the laws don't work. Um, they work in every area of life in general. I mean, the biggest tenant of the laws is everything is for more life. And right. there isn't a better example of that than in this movie. And then as the farm got going, they ran into lots of problems. And this is the part I think in the movie that impacted me the most cuz I'm a big, you know, David talks a lot about the law of polarity, right? Sure. It's he will say it's his favorite law, the law of polarity, because the law of polarity can bring in truth to really any situation. The law of polarity states, like I said in the beginning of this that there's a polar opposite to each. There's no right without a left. There's no um up without a down. There's no problem without a solution. The problem is, is that we're raised to focus on problems rather than raised to focus and look for solutions. 
Episode 516, 60, The Rolling Stones. If you go back to their roots, they were, uh, they were blues guys. They just love the blues. And that was when the blues and country was turning into rock and roll in the United States. You know, you had Elvis and Chuck Berry and all that. I mean, that was, those were their heroes along with like Muddy Waters and them guys. Um, and their, their first albums, if you go back to their, their original albums, they were basically trying to be Muddy Waters and, you know, Howlin' Wolf and, and all of that. That's what they were, sure. were totally into. And it took a few years, but they, they worked into their own, you know, creating their own interpretation of that music. And that's which is the Stones that we love today. And, and what's interesting is that they've been a band four years longer than I've been on this planet. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that is... No, nobody's ever done this before. No. And I'm actually, you know, if it wasn't that the world was in such chaos, I bet that the news coverage of this would be enormous. I mean, sure. it is uh, it is an unbelievable accomplishment. One of the things that I think is, is so interesting about the Stones is, you know, they were formed in 1962, and they basically were formed the same time as the Beatles started right. their rise, right? So in all the research that you've done, because the Beatles, their first uh, song, Love Me Do, came out in 1962, and that was the first single that the Beatles ever released, which was the year that, that the Stones were formed. In their in your research or watching or listening or reading, do they talk about the chip that they had on their shoulder? Is there a chip? Was that something that was created no, by the No, they were actually friends. They, it was okay. Yeah, they were actually very close friends. I wondered about that. The, what, what happened was, was that they had, to, they had to create a persona. They couldn't be the next Beatles. So they became the antithesis to the Beatles, right? So you had the Beatles was the family-friendly band, and the Stones was you wouldn't let your daughter sleep with her or, or sure, marry yeah. a, a Rolling a little, Stone, little right? Grimier. They were ugly and grimy, and yeah. they they didn't wear the suits they with the ties the that the Beatles did. They had the edge, and then they they you know Keith says my fans created my persona, and he said that, and he said and it's my job to live up to it, right? So. But that's really what it, I mean, that's really what it is. They be, they became the antithesis. But if you read Life, if you read Keith Richards' book, they talk about how they would, uh, like Keith and John would talk to, John Lennon would talk to each other and they would talk about, okay, when is your single going out? And then we'll wait and put our single out next. Who's done in the studio first? They, like they were, they were very good friends. And Keith and John were very close. Episode 518. Do you want to know the truth or do you want to be right? People seem to be really stuck in their thinking. They have, there's something going on and they can't seem to move forward. They can't seem to come to a resolution. Um, they don't know what decision to make. They don't know how to think about something and they're stuck. And the good thing about this is that if you understand how to think, you can move yourself through this. But here's what's really important about this. When you're stuck like this, it's not that you shouldn't ask for help or you can't ask for help. You really need to start working the tools so that you can train yourself to get to the answer. Okay? So I'm going to I'm going to give you a series of very small series of things to do that will help a person move through this, but you have to work with it. A person will remain stuck if they don't want to know the truth and they have a need to be right. 
a lot of us most of our life. Until you start really learning how to think accurately, one of the self-preservation things that the ego goes through is the need to be right. I mean, it's a it's a it's a real insidious mother that that ego. I mean, it will mess with you big time. The more emotional you are about something, the more attached to the need to be right you're going to be. And here's the thing. If you have a need to be right and you don't want to let go of it, you don't have to. It's all yours, right? But you're never going to make any progress forward because you're stuck on something that has something in it that's fundamentally not accurate. Whenever a person is stuck, whenever they're confused, there's something that they're resisting. And what they're resisting is they're resisting letting go of what's untrue about the situation in order to move to the truth. If you want somebody to change so you can feel better, if you want somebody to change so you can feel better, that's when you're going down the wrong road. You're responsible for how you feel. It's your life, it's your responsibility, it's your power. And we could totally work on changing major problems in the on the planet with, without having it screw us up so bad that we literally become either part of the problem or engulfed by that problem. Thank you so much for such a wonderful year. We look forward to bringing you even more content in 2023. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to lifeisnowinc.com.